Welcome everyone to this week's episode of The Driven Few with Al Hamid, where we align with those driven individuals to really get under the hood, to learn as to how they get it all done with family and business. I am, of course, your host, Al Hamid, and I'm blessed to work alongside those high-performing leaders, coaching them how to dive in and really get it all done, selling as a leader in their business, in their family, and in their faith. All right, all right, all right, guys. Um, This is part two of a two-part series relative to what is the four-quarter operating system, the tactical, practical why on how to literally afford you the ability to live in the end to play Tetris with your time so you can optimize your life as both a business leader and a leader in your family and your household. I say that to say, if you are new to this or this is your first time listening, strongly encouraging you to stop and go back and listen to the episode previously released prior to this. What will be released in this episode is going to make a whole bunch more sense if you do. That stated, without further ado, let's continue to deep dive. The biggest thing that I get out of my me time is when I leave the gym, and hear me when I say this, when I leave the gym, I've checked my proverbial filler of sharpening my physical and mental saw. Most of the time, for me, I'm in Indiana. Most of the time, the sun comes up. And right when the sun comes up, I give myself about 10 to 15 minutes on my back porch, and I just get along with God. Just having a cup of coffee. I'm not doing anything other than thanking God, asking for forgiveness, guidance, and protection. And honestly, guys, again, for real talk, this is something where I never claimed to be the most spiritual dude. I never claimed to say that I never had a relationship with God. I certainly believe that I did and still do. But I felt... I would always go to God with a problem where I never came to you just to thank you. Just say, hey, like, man, whoa, you saved me from that. Or thank you, God. It was always, man, I I messed that shit up again. Or, yeah, I got angry or I did this, you know, and, and coming back and asking for forgiveness for that. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but I felt like that was almost fickle. It was almost surface level. And again, if there's one thing that I pride myself on, it's being real. I'm going to tell you how I feel about you either way. You may not like it. You may love it, but you're going to know where you stand. And I felt like I needed to be able to do that with God as well. And I realized that when I started doing that, relationship doorways opened up for me. So for me, I never understood the value as associated with sowed seeds and how those sown seeds can reap rewards. For me, it was, again, I'll do more push-ups. I'll work out faster, harder, stronger. I'll do it on myself. But as I grew older and I understood the art of effective task delegation and I understood that relationships can really take your personal efforts and grow them in spades, I understood that I needed to be able to set a line, set aside time to sow into those relationships. I learned this from Jesse Itzler. If you don't know Jesse Itzler, I mean, dude, just... Google Jesse Itzler, like he's got a rap list of Wikipedia. I mean, the dude sold Marquee Jets to Warren Buffett, on and on and on. But anyhow, I was on a call with Jesse one time and he said, man, I get along with God. And one of the things that I do is my rule of three. And I will text message three people based on how I feel or whatever he said. I think I'm paraphrasing now. I do a little bit every single day. And I started doing that. And it was weird and it was awkward because honestly, I was not the guy that you're never going to hear. I love you out of Hammond's mouth, especially if you're another dude. You're never going to hear, hey, bro, I'm proud of you, especially if you're another dude. Because in my mind, I did not want to think that I was negotiating from a position of weakness. 
I didn't want that other male or man to think, yo, this dude is soft. This dude is weak. I'm not doing that. But I realized that through some of those conversations that I would get like a little nudge or like a little feeling. And you'll get this if you put yourself in a position to be able to listen and hear to where I wasn't reactively thinking about how am I going to show up for this client or this board meeting or this or this or that, where I was listening just simply to do nothing, but just to thank God for, man, I just really appreciate you for everything that you've done for me in my life, for putting me in the position that I am now. And then I would get like a little man, what's this dude up to? Or what's this feeling up to or whatever? And then I started just taking that information, combining with Jesse's strategy and just text messaging and then eventually sending voice messages and not video messages to folks and just letting them know, hey man, you're on my mind and my heart. And I did that initially expecting results from the relationships. If I'm going to be completely transparent, it wasn't like, hey, well, I'm going to send people a text message, bro. If you don't text me back, forget you. I'm not going to text you either. That's how I was. But then I realized through, I mean, months of that continuous commitment, sowing seeds, reap the rewards. It's our job to sow the seeds. We may not always be the ones that are reaping the rewards. And as soon as that paradigm shift hit me, I believe doorways opened up to me for me with those relationships because I stopped sowing into those relationships with the expectation of them sowing back into me or having a reciprocating relationship. I was just putting it out there and just letting you know, hey, man, you're on my mind and on my heart. I don't know if you got something going on in your life or not. You don't necessarily have to for just for me to just say, hey, listen, I see what you're doing on social media and what you're doing with your kids. I'm proud of you, man. and I love you. Honestly, I got people that <laughs> responded to me like, bro, you okay? Everything good your way? And then I also had other people that are say, and this is what validated it for me, dude, you have no idea what that message means to me. And then they would go into a story about where they're at in that exact same time in their life. And I had no idea, but I was listening. I say all of that to say that is my Q1. That is what I do from 4A to 8A that affords me the ability to show up to the world at eight o'clock in the morning with my cup full not 60% out, 80% out. I am 100% to the best of my ability so I can show up and be the best that I can to my staff, to my kids, my vendors, my subcontractors, anybody and everybody. And I do that all before eight o'clock. So those of you that say, hey man, I'm not a entrepreneur. I've got a seven to three, an eight to four, nine to five. You can do the same thing. Q2. This is for all of you grinders, you alphas that are just like, I cannot wait for Monday morning to get here. I hate the weekends. Let's go. This is when you work in your business. Now, again, there are some of you that can and will work synergistically in and on at the same time. For me, I have differentiated this specifically and strategically, and I'm going to share with you why. In my business, the differentiator here for in 8A to 12P. This is when you want to give yourself permission to move the needle. When I say permission, you don't have to worry about, oh, I feel guilty about going to work. I feel guilty about doing this because I'm missing soccer. I'm missing this practice. I'm missing this. I'm missing that. This is a time where you don't have meetings scheduled. You do whatever you need to do relative to your respective scope to move the proverbial needle in your world. Whatever additional avenues of revenue you have, to put food on your table today. If you're working at McDonald's, you're literally collecting a paycheck. If you're a business owner, you're out on job sites. If you, in my case, if you are 
in Dakota's world, you're literally selling your solutions and your product offerings. Whatever it is that you can do to make money today, and again, I understand that the sales cycle for some of us isn't a one-day sales cycle, but this is the area you focus on to move that proverbial needle. Give yourself permission to go really hard on this. Transitioning from Q2 to Q3 on your business. On 12P to 4P. The differentiator between in and on, and I already know I'm going to get this question, so we'll just take a second step here because I get it asked all the time. Al, what is the difference between in and on? In is what are you going to do today? On is what are you going to do tomorrow? Remember those relationships that I was sharing with you on my Q1 that I was sewing into? Well, this is when I water those relationships. This is when I strategically will have meetings or I will ask for lunch meetings with some of those folks. This is a time where I am sowing seeds into the relationships relative to subcontractors, vendors, or clients. This is also time where from a consultation standpoint, our staff or Dakota strategically will have non-compensated consultation calls, meaning for those folks that are interested in signing up for coaching or consulting, be it for themselves or their business, this is the time where we go through and we have those 15 to 20 minute discovery calls to make sure it's both the right fit for them and us. We can actually move the needle in their business and, and do something. Because it's a non-compensated call, it falls into Q3 rather than Q2 if it would have been a compensated call. The difference between in and on. Also, the number one thing Q3 does for me is emails. There was a time in my life when I was obsessively, compulsively, still, I don't like to see notifications on my phone. I am blessed by the grace of God to get over 100 emails a day, which some of you may be nothing, but other people, they can't wrap their head around how to do that. That's because the wheel's flowing. That's because business is going. And I used to get guys, real talk, so pissed off that I was pissed off about getting emails because it would be six, seven, eight o'clock at night. And I would see my inbox just ching, 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 ching. And I would have to just read it. I'd have to read it. I have to read it. I have to, well, if I read it, I can respond to this one. It's just a two word response. Well, I don't want to respond to that because now I read it. Oh, this one pisses me off. I got to be able to respond to that in further detail. And now the movie you're watching with your kids is no longer movie night. You're now out of your, de- your chair and you're straight up in your desk, firing off an email and getting back. What? So what do I do? I create a simple follow-up folder. Guys, it literally says follow-up, literally follow-up. That's it. If you send me an email outside of the hours of 12P to 4P, Monday through any day, really doesn't matter. I'm giving it two seconds. All I'm looking for is how important is this email? And do the same thing. Utilize, come up with some sort of discernment or some sort of vetting system where you can within 10 seconds say, yes, this is important or no, it's not. And all you're looking to do is flag it. Either way, if I want to respond to that email, it goes into the follow-up folder. If I don't want to respond to that email, it just stays there and I don't respond to it. My staff will respond to it and I don't recognize it. I don't deal with it again. I do not get spam emails. I don't allow spam emails to come in. I matter-of-factly stop them and unsubscribe as soon as I get them and figure out how I got a subscription to them and make sure that doesn't happen again. So my email box consists of Emails that come to me that I'm CC'd on that don't require me to respond or emails that require me to respond and I'm not in a position where I want to, nor does it fit with my system to do so. So I put it in my follow-up folder. Then between the hours of 12 to 4, Monday through Friday, I go into said follow-up folder and I respond to those emails with the flagged emails getting priority first. 
because those are the ones that are important. That's why we do the important exercise. What that does is a couple of things. It gives you control of your business. You take back control and you stop becoming the proverbial slave to your business or the emails associated with your business. And secondly, for me anyhow, it's subconscious, subconsciously conditions my clients, subcontractors and vendors, at least those that I work with on a daily basis, when they're going to get a real-time response from me. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that, hey, these folks respond to me only between 12 to 4 when I want them to all the time. Absolutely not. But those folks that have a strong sense of self and situational awareness, strong business acumen, and we're working with on a daily basis are going to be able to pick up that, hey, if I want to get a real-time email response from Al Hammond, this is the time when he typically responds is 12 to 4. I'm not going to tell you you're not going to piss a bunch of people off. It happened to me. When I first made this transition was the early part of 2019. As a custom home builder, some of our design process and the discovery process as associated with our builds may be north of a year before we find out exactly what the client wants and needs. I take that information from a discovery sheet, piece it into a study plan, study plan into a floor plan, floor plan into costing before we understand exactly how much what they need and want actually cost. By the time we get to that, there's a great deal of time, effort, and energy that is, uh, that's invested into that. So that time, effort, and energy wasn't done within the realms of this system. It was initially done with my reactive responses to any phone call, text message, or email. Again, I shared earlier, whenever my clients would call. So what I had to do was essentially recondition my current clients and subsequently condition my initial clients, vendors, subcontractors, what have you going forward, that I was no longer going to operate business that way. And that did piss some people off because they felt as though they were no longer my number one. Well, believe me and hear me when I say this, you assess that accurately if you felt that as it pertains to my kids and my wife. So, and I'd say that unapologetically, which leads me to my Q4. My Q4 is my why. Everything I do in Q1, Q2, and Q3 is synergistically congruent with my Q4. It needs to make sense for and align with because if it takes me out of that, I'm not doing it, which is a very simple method of discernment or vetting for me. If someone asks me, hey, Al, do you want to go here? You want to do this? Hey, Al, do you want to go to the Notre Dame football game, championship game, front row seats, but it's at 7.30 at night. Man, I would love to. I would really appreciate that. But I have my son's first soccer game and I'm not going to miss that. That's probably a poor example, but a real example was an event that uh, I happened to be a board chair of that just had an event two weeks ago. And I knew A, Hammond Homes was sponsoring the event and B, that they were going to recognize and acknowledge me personally at that event for some of the service that I aligned with them by the grace of God for the past two or three years. And I, after soccer game was switched from a Saturday morning to a Friday night, and it was non-negotiable for me. I didn't have to negotiate them. Well, I can move this and I can ship this and I can be there for half the game and I can do that or not. Uh-uh. And I also knew that the phone calls that I had to make, because I had made that commitment to that event, we're going to understand exactly based on the tonality and the cadence in which I presented it. I didn't dance around it. I didn't ask for their permission in terms of forgiveness. Now I wasn't a dick and I wasn't matter of factly like, Hey, this is on my son's soccer game and I'm doing it. But I said that like, I want to breathe air. Like there's, there's no, it's non-negotiable for me. When you start to show up, 
to people, around people like that, you learn very quickly whether or not people are going to be aligned with that. And there may be some folks in your life, like we shared earlier in Q3, some of your business partners, some of your vendors, contractors, whatever, and some folks in your personal life that know that don't align with where you're at or that don't believe that your operating system or belief system is conducive with where it is that they think you should be going. And some of folks will tell you that, and that's okay. You get to choose who comes into your life because people come into your life for a season, reason, or a lifetime. And again, you get to be the one to decide, is it the season or the reason or the lifetime? When I say you, that's outside of the realm, again, for those of you, of what God controls, which is everything, uh, but we control within our control. So good, going back to Q4, this is we time. My hard stop comes at four o'clock, regardless of situation or circumstance. If you send me an email at 401 with a $5 million cash duffel bag offer and says, Al, the only thing you need to do is respond with the letter Y. You don't even need to type yes. Just respond with the letter Y that you'll take this deal, but it's got to be done by 405 today. You might as well not even send me the email. My time with my kids and my wife is not for sale. Absolutely, unequivocally, matter of fact. That's it. When you recognize and realize that your entire paradigm shift, your entire life goes through a paradigm shift, or at least for me, it did. And what happened was I realized that I am no longer a businessman with a family, rather a family man with businesses by the grace of God. So why don't I start acting like that? So I did. So I protect my 4P to 8P Monday through Friday like I protect my nine o'clock Monday morning boardroom meetings. Or you would protect having to get to work at whatever time that you want for something that's important to you. And I don't miss that. And there's sometimes when we don't even have anything going on. It doesn't matter what we have or what the result is. It matters that dad is there and is present. And hear me when I say Present, I don't mean present, I mean omnipresent. I'm not sitting there thinking like I once did. Okay, Asher's talking to me. I'm somewhat listening to him while we're watching football, but I'm really responding to an email in my head, or in some cases, actually responding to email, acting like I was paying attention. No, I give my son, my daughter, my wife the same level of respect and attention that I give to a physician, a CEO, or a CFO that walks in my office and says, Al, shakes my hand, how can we do business together? I want my kids to see that. I want my wife to know that when the phone rings and the emails continue by the grace of God to come in after four o'clock on a Monday, that I'm not slave to that. And as we talk about living in the end, that it's not at the cost of our relationship, that I have figured out by the grace of God and the sweat of my brow, that missing this phone call big isn't gonna cost us money. Did you hear what I said? That's me being completely real and transparent. I just told you that I had subconsciously not only conditioned myself, but my wife to think that if I don't take this phone call, we are going to lose an opportunity of financial gain. Babe, go ahead and take it. What? Now my wife became a cheerleader of trading time for money? Nah, dude. I got to write this shit and I got to do it now. 
And that's exactly how we do that. That is the four quarter operating system. Me, in, on, we. The last thing that I'll share with you, kind of the fifth quarter. The fifth quarter is that piece that I've shared with you at the very beginning of this conversation. For those ultra high achievers, those, those guys that, and gals that, that continue year after year, day after day, year after year to, to show up and show out. Well, how do they do that? They protect their night to protect their morning, to protect their day, to protect their week, to protect their month, to protect their year. When your system is outlined with your vision and you reverse engineer that vision from where you want to go to exactly where you're at now, and you create a series of goals or benchmarks, KPIs, or key performance indicators that become your quantifiable benchmarks throughout. You will live your life by design, not default, out of default, because you're prescribed to what you're eating, what the level you're sleeping, the amount of time that you invested. It is within those bumpers on the low level that you can do whatever it is that you want to do within those realms and not feel guilty. I know that I can miss an email today and not have to feel the, the angst or the intense um, pressure or anxiety that I put on myself to respond because I have a system that I know I'm going to be able to do tomorrow to do that. Gone are the days when if I don't get to this now on a Sunday afternoon, how am I going to get to this? Because I know what Monday morning brings. I got 50 emails and then I'm going to have 78 more meetings that I'm going to be able to do in phone calls. I'm not even going to be able to get to this till Wednesday. This is how you do it. And again, guys, this doesn't have to work identically exactly how I did just doesn't have to be four quarters. It could be three. It could be five. It just doesn't have to be four hours. It could be six hours for in and on for you and six hours of we time. Your we time could be in the morning. I know that Dakota has some times that he works and then energistically or synergistically with his schedule based on what Casey, his wife's got with hers. And I think based on that, it's probably a perfect time to bring Dakota back in and really kind of share. So again, me in on we, as we dive in, I think this would be, again, as I shared, a great opportunity to bring Dakota back in. For those of you uh, that maybe didn't hear or weren't necessarily listening the first time, we'll go ahead and afford um, Dakota the ability to kind of reintro himself again. But I really just want to be give someone the example of the real and the raw and showcase how this operating system or series of operating systems can work for someone in an entrepreneurial capacity, obviously myself, and as someone that can also work in an employee capacity, whereas, and do so at a very high level, as I mentioned, top 10% in his organization, and do that while running and leading your own organization and a new organization at that. So, Dakota, welcome back, brother. Al, thank you, sir. And I just want to throw out to all the listeners, wherever this piece lands in either part one, two or three, however we split this podcast up, I really encourage you to go back, listen to how Al really broke down his story and how he uses the four quarter structure. But man, I appreciate you having me on here. I've been blessed by your mentorship and just your coaching over this past year. You've really brought me to a whole nother level and given me the structure to take, you know, what I would say is discipline and drive from the last few years into a structure and how do I implement that? Basically put all my energy into something that's actually gonna get me to where I wanna go. So thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on here. 
I will say a little bit of background real quick for those that didn't hear. You know, grew up in the Midwest, uh, played some college football, uh, experienced a career-ending shoulder injury, which led me into a career at the fire department where I was a firefighter EMT for four years. This is where I started sharpening my saw as far as personal development and growth. This is when I first learned that I wanted to own and operate my own business, whether that be on the side of the fire department or full-time, and really just started diving into sales. There was a lot of books that I was reading where, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, a lot of these guys in these personal self-help books, right? They started in sales of some some sort because they say, you know, if you're going to own and operate a business, if you don't sell anything, you're not really going to get anywhere, right? And as Al spoke about previously in this podcast, we're always selling, right? So I dove right in B2B sales and that kind of just led me on a new path of, it was a new way to challenge myself, right? Like every area of my life where I was in either playing football or being a firefighter, it was always like a way of challenging, learning and growing. And so it was just a new area to be able to do that. And so it became pretty good at business to business sales, going in and closing the deal with business owners and, you know, just to fast forward a couple of years later, keeping in mind that my goal this whole time was to use those skills to start my own business. So fast forward to 2018, I married my beautiful wife, Casey. We now have a 14 month old daughter. Her name is Sage. I love them both to death. And, you know, again, fast forwarding to where I'm at today, I still am a W-2 employee for a company where I do B2B sales as well as own and operate. I co-founded Comfort Tactical, which I can get into a little bit later, as well as I'm there for my family every evening. But I think to kind of set the stage to why the four quarter operating system and Al's coaching program has helped me so much through this process is putting myself just back a year, 2020, and kind of where I was there. And that was in a place of really chasing money. It was the first year where I actually had the opportunity to hit six figures. And I knew that very well. And so that was my one goal last year was I'm going for this six figures and I don't care if I have to die trying, I will have six figures on the end of this year. And man, you know, the obviously the first few months, it was good. It was great. It was a grind, but hit month six, seven, eight, nine, every single night ended in burnout just telling my wife like oh, what if I don't hit my goals you know work until six or seven o'clock and it really took till that eight eighth or ninth month where I'm I'm still on track to hit the hundred thousand but I'm just like man this is not worth it you know I'm in such a place of burnout that you know I, I don't really care if I hit the six figures anymore like I gotta figure out how to change the schedule and man super blessed I ended up hitting the six figures, but I just learned so much that year that, you know, that's not what it's all about. I learned that there was, there was times, you know, when I was taking those six, seven o'clock appointments in the evening, not spending the time I should be with my wife and my newborn. And by the grace of God, I was able to hear Al speak in January of 2020, just in a desperate place of you know, I've got the drive. I know I've got the will. How do I put it into a structure to really hit the goals? And that goal is to run the successful business, continue to be in B2B sales, be at home with my family and give them the time that they deserve and have a relationship with God. 
So it's a little bit of the backstory. Super solid, brother. I appreciate that, man. I remember first having conversations with Dakota or with you, dude. And, you know, it sounds cliche. Oh, you reminded me of me and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, but there was a lot of, you know, different histories, but a lot of similarities in the pain points. You know, when I say pain points, very much uh, proverbial pain points. I mean, albeit real, but the pain points of being a new dad or the pain points of being a dad, not that there are, but you have negative connotations associated with the pain point of being a dad. I'm not trying to say that, but what I'm trying to say is, is like there's stress associated with it. You want to be able to be the best dad, especially I know the sage is your firstborn, you know, when you don't have a benchmark, so to speak, before that, you don't know, like, all right, am I going hard? Am I going too hard? Am I not doing enough as a dad? Am I being there for my wife? Am I not being there enough? Like, what, what do I got to do? And by the way, I got these financial goals that I got to be able to hit too. How do I do all of that? So I remember like feeling that off of you. And it was very similar in my situation when I first got into personal development as well. I was like, dude, I don't, I don't want to give up whatever success that I've had financially to be able to get to this point, I got to believe that there's a way to do it, but I'm teetering on the edge with negotiating that. I don't give a shit about any of this stuff because to your point, burnout was real, you know? And then that's why we talk about design, never default built, not burnt. Like these are cool cliche sayings, but they are also triggers for those of us that have gone through that. For those of you that are listening to this, that say, Oh yeah, that shit's really real. Yeah. That stuff is real. But again, coming out of the Midwest and in Dakota, I don't want to put words in your mouth. You maybe share with me a little bit about, you know, you mentioned the Midwest. Obviously, I'm out of the Midwest in Indiana myself. Like, what was your perspective, dude, on coaching? You know, what was your perspective on consulting or getting into that? Were you at a place where you were just like, dude, I'll swallow any and all pride that I have to be able to get assistance from anybody that I feel like has fruit in this sector? Or were you still kind of, on the real in the back of your head, like, man, I don't, I don't know that I want to go that much type deal. What did that look like for you? Yeah, definitely. You know, I would say it was a little bit different of a season than where you shared, where it was like, I don't want coaching at all. For me, the books that I was reading, again, some of those self-help books, like in the personal development, I noticed that not only did these people start in sales, they had a mentor, you know, at some capacity leading them along the way. And usually it looked like them being about, you know, 10 or 15 years ahead, doing the things that they wanted to be able to do. So I would say to relate on what you said, coaching wasn't huge. You know, it's not like you knew a bunch of people that had mentors or coaches. So for me, it was kind of in a position of, I know I want and need a coach, but where do I find it? How do I get a coach? Where do you find these people at? And just you know, fast forwarding down the line a little bit when I started actually pursuing coaching, I just realized it's who you surround yourself with. You know, when you start to surround yourself with the right people, I don't think it was any coincidence that I heard you speak for that first time on the live, on the live Zoom call. And, you know, I was able to approach you after that. I don't think there's any coincidence there because I was surrounding myself with the right people. But, you know, again, just circling back, I think it's just having the mindset and knowing to grow, I have to have a coach. That was just what other successful people did. That's a good point. That's something that, you know, from a coaching standpoint as well, obviously I'm in that arena now. That's something that I do, but that is not something that I ever had personally planned, even January this year. I mean, this is something that I've probably been doing, I don't know, a year, 
So maybe this time last year or June, July-ish of last year, kind of a one-on-one behind the scenes and under the table, whatever. I never pieced together a system or a program or a business or any of that. It was just, hey, I wouldn't even didn't even consider myself good at it. I considered myself experienced with a colorful history. <laughs> and because of that, there were a few other gentlemen that were like, hey, dude, I too have the same colorful history. And how do I get myself out of the mindset that I'm in into what seemingly appears to be your mindset or belief system now? I mean, the short answer is, is a great deal of deep work on yourself and personal development and time, hours, effort, dollars, energy, and understanding your triggers, understanding your communication patterns and things of that nature and how that shows up with other people and then subsequently how to show up for other people. But it's because of that and because of the, I guess, that coaching initiative that I went through initially that unlocked a litany of doorways for me. And if you think about it, dude, as society, right? I don't want to be like too conspiracy theory here or whatever the case may be, but like we're subconsciously conditioned that coaching, at least my environment growing up, I should say, and it sounds like, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, brother, but it sounds like you were subscribed to the same belief systems, at least initially as well, relative to coaching that again, and I alluded to it earlier, if you need to have a coach, if you go seeking a coach, it's almost perceived as a weak connotation or that you can't do it all yourself. So as the alpha mom or the alpha dad, we take on that belief system, especially, I don't know about for any of you, but I saw that in my mom and I saw that in my dad, both of them by the grace of God were very, still are very driven individuals. And I just assume that that otherwise is what you do. And because of that, that's how we create our systems. So when I got into quote unquote air quote coaching, it was legitimately, I shared my story or my truth on a Zoom call or stage or something somewhere. And then I got a litany of DMs on the back end about, hey man, I relate to what you said about the pressure here, this and that. And, like, and then random questions like, dude, how did you do this? Or, okay, well, how did you go from this? Or how do you do that? And there was no system. There was no four quarter system. There was no link tree, website, coaching offering. It was just me continuing to serve from my heart and just be like, I don't want your kids to feel what I believe my kids felt. I don't want your wife to feel what I believe my wife felt. So like, if you can kind of learn from my mistakes, do that. And through that, and I say this guys in context for the purpose of what we're talking about here, not to be braggadocious, through that developed an organic business model where I legitimately didn't even have to market. I do a little bit of that now, obviously on social media, where I I didn't have to market because I had folks that were coming to me based on what you said, Dakota, based on the relationships or the seeds of the relationships that I intentionally and proactively had sown during the hours of my Q1 system. But that afforded me the ability to have just random, or, or some folks that I knew reach out. And because of that, I realized, hey, This is the general process of that. I was taking too many phone calls during the day that I had to block. This is how Q3 of the Q4 operating system came to fruition, hand to God, that I legitimately had to block out a four-hour time period of my day to be able to field phone calls because gone were the days where I could just, yeah, bro, just give me a call. And if if I don't pick up, I'm in a meeting, I'll call you back. Well, you get two or three of those a day, turns 20 or 30 of those a week, 20 or 30 of those a day. Now I got to have a system to do that. If I did not proactively, intentionally outline a prescribed system relative to being able to organize 
those phone calls and proactively show up to my best self for those calls, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. I would either quit it and stopped it, or I wouldn't have been able to show up and add as much value as I like to think that folks would have to be able to come back and compensate me for that value. That's what happens in life. We grow up, we're conditioned to be able to go through school and we're told for at least, I don't know, in high school, I mean, you got to figure 14 years or 12 years, whatever it is, a high school and then undergrad and for some of those grad programs and then, you know, specialized programming even after that. You could be in school for almost 20, 25, 30 years even. But you're conditioned through that system. You wake up, you go to class at this time, you review, study, homework. Wake up, class at this time, review, study, homework. Review, application, test, on and on and on. It essentially works that way in real life. But for those of you that are getting out of high school or got out of high school and now you're 18, you don't have that proverbial system to prescribe to anymore. Or when you're 22, getting out of undergrad, or in my case, 32 or whatever the hell old I was. And then again, 34, getting out of grad programs. That system for you isn't there. So you adapt and you reactively show up based on meeting a mom, a dad, a husband, a wife, a coach into here. And then the next thing you know, you show up and you're serving everybody else, i.e. I was serving all of these other ladies and gentlemen to be able to facilitate coaching, which was on my heart, but not a business. I was just doing it because I was told that I was good at, I believed I was good at, I was experienced, whatever the case may be. And the next thing you know, something that I enjoyed, something that was fun for me that I felt was serving of others became exactly what Dakota just referenced, became his $100,000 goal or it became like a burden. I don't even want to do this anymore. So that's because the triggers of life were let in and I didn't have a system that I created to be able to facilitate that. And then I also lost sight because of the vision or excuse me, because of the triggers of the vision. So gone were... I really want to be able to help someone because it makes me genuinely feel good when I know that they can make the kind of money that they rightfully earned and want to earn and be able to be there for their son or their daughter and create the legacy that they want as a Hall of Fame dad or a championship husband. Like, dude, when you can help someone, and that's not me, I'm not doing that shit. The clients are doing the work. This is just a system. I didn't create algebra, but you asked me to do math with algebraic principles, that system, I'm going to bang it out because somebody else did the work for me. The same exact logic applies with coaching. When you think about this at the surface level, thousand foot view, when we're going like, Dakota, you and I are going to, to Florida. It's 200 years ago. We don't have paved roads. We don't have Teslas with GPS and we can play Mario Kart while we're driving down the road, although that's pretty sweet. We don't have that. we got some Oregon Trail stuff. We're in a position now where, again, if you're going through the, let's say you're going from Canada to Florida, it's all wooded. There are no roads. You have somebody that has already gone. They've already paved the proverbial road. They've cut down the trees. They can tell you, don't go here. It's a swamp. It's a river. It's bear territory. Go here. It may take you longer if you go by yourself. You may work harder if you go by yourself. You may do it for less money if you go by yourself. And you can get it done. You can have the proverbial trophy, quote unquote, of doing it by yourself. That was big for me. But if you have a coach, so to speak, someone, let's define coach. Let me take a step back here now. I say this with the utmost respect because I believe in my heart of hearts that a coach, I don't really care what certification you have, what 
degrees you have, how much you charge per client per, I don't care about any of that. I believe that a coach is someone that is simply one half step ahead of you in whatever pillar. Now they may be ahead of you physically, but not financially. Well, you're not asking them for their financial advice. You're asking them for their physical advice. How do they do that? How do they steward their macros and micros, not their dollars? That person that has the fruit in their life is a coach. I can't tell you that every person that you see on Instagram or Facebook that comes up with X amount of followers and a bunch of pretty photo shoots is the right coach for you. Obviously, you've got to utilize some discernment and wisdom to be able to navigate through that. But I digress. We'll, we'll go back to that. Dakota, I thought you brought up a great point. One of the things that you said that really that I kind of highlighted here was in terms of your ability to understand that you needed a coach. Dude, let's dive into that because I think that that can serve some of us on this call here because there's probably, if I'm going to be continue to be real here, there were probably times in my life where I would want to have entertained it. Like, dude, it would be so much easier if I could just have this coach and I can just have someone to ask questions on like, bro, how did you do that? And I probably would have walked that path had I had someone, another male, quote unquote, giving me proverbial permission like you did um, to go first. And when I say that, and I know I just asked a question, I'm going <laughs> to pity back this, but when I say permission, I know that you gave, and I believe I did as well. And there's, there's hundreds, if not thousands that are listening to this that do as well. I know that you give people permission, and I don't mean literally, but proverbially permission in their life to be able to do something once you go do it and they see the fruit in your life. Meaning like, I would never go talk to another coach, another male, let alone pay another male on how to do something, how to do life with marriage, counseling, whatever the case may be, until I found someone that spoke like me, talk like me, understood, like I say four letter words, like they're going out of style, but my heart is, 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 the, is a heart of gold. And then I realized I care about more about what that individual can do in terms of alignment and serving me and my feelings than I care about what the world will do and what the world will think of me caring about that person. Truth be told, that was 12 years later than what you did. How did you figure that out? What were the instigating factors in your life that afforded you the ability to come to such an astute decision at such a developmental early age, or at least a decade plus before I did. Yeah, I think in short, you know, like I mentioned, I think it was the books in short, noticing that there was a common theme through the books that I was reading that a lot of these successful people had a mentor. I think to your point, though, part of the issue that I felt that I was running into is where do you find these people? It's not like, especially in the Midwest, you know, I got nothing against the Midwest. I love it to death. But you don't just look around and just see successful people everywhere. You know, when I say successful, I mean financially and in their family and, you know, in their business. And so I would say that for me, gosh, I've just been blessed with good, I would say role models. I would say, you know, my parents, uh, my grandparents, I've always had just good direction. And so I would say it was them kind of pushing me towards being the best version of myself, which led me to realize to be the best version of myself, I need someone that has already done it. And, and I love what you said there, because I probably could have found a coach five years ago, you know, or four years ago, whenever I started on this self development journey. 
but there was nobody that stuck out to me that had the fruits that I was really looking for, nor did I really know what I was looking for. Really, when I started on this journey, it was just, hey, just take the leap, right? Start developing your sales skills. But when I learned, especially about not having a vision, because that would lead us to my first call with you, you know, realizing that last year, part of the reason I was so burnt out is because I didn't know what I was going for. You know, I was only going after one of those pillars. So I think learning over time what you want and what you want the future, because we all hear the successful guy that gets all the way to the end. He's got all the money. He's got everything that he ever wants, financially successful, but he's got no one to enjoy it with. And so I knew that that's what I didn't want, you know, so so kind of realizing and just over time, what I wanted and what I didn't want, it, it kind of just led me to having an idea of a coach that again, has done it in family business and has a relationship with God. That's hard to find. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has looked, but Al, Al Hammond, you're hard to find, man. I received that, man. I received that, dude. One of the things that I wanted to chat about with you is I, I just want to get into the real and the raw. And again, I could put 50 testimonials on the website. For me, I'm going to look at someone's website and I'm like, yeah, dude, you're not going to put up a bad testimonial. You're not going to put up somebody that is not going to speak highly of you. So like, yeah, this, the amount that you have up there edifies and validates, but how do I know, how do I know that this is like legit? I mean, after all, like, dude, you're, you're not giving me something tangible. You're not, I'm, I'm not giving a house. You're giving me a skill set, a mindset switch, a system that I can plug and play, but there's no guarantee. And for that, you're charging me a great deal of money to be able to learn this stuff. So my question to that is, is like, if I'm of that belief system and I was that guy, so I can speak to that from experience, I'm listening to Al and I believe Al that in the fact that with what I've learned about Al Hammond and his mindset and mentality and modality, I believe by the grace of God and the sweat of his brow that when he puts his mind to something, he's going to do it. I don't know Dakota Ennis. I've not heard of or from Dakota Ennis before, but I'm curious to learn. It sounds like Dakota Ennis, you mentioned something about, and I'm using your first and last name, like it's like third world or something. It's really weird, but this Dakota guy, like, hasn't necessarily hit the seven-figure mark. So it leads me to believe that maybe I'm actually talking to, like, someone that I can truly believe is, like, a not, not that if you hit a seven-figure mark, you're all of a sudden, like, not a real dude or I can't believe you. But I say that to say, in real talk, there were times when I would listen to a podcast or I would listen to someone on stage or speak or something, and I just I couldn't relate to them because I'm just – I dismissed the value add that they were bringing because in my mind, I just could not relate to where they were at financially and where I was at financially. And my point in bringing this up intentionally, truth be told, is I want to absolutely unequivocally annihilate that fickle belief system or barrier. And I want you to be the one to do it based off of some of these hot seat questions and legitimately like, how did you do it? How did you go to making an, uh, I won't put your business out there, but based on conversations through our conversations and, and our coaching calls over the past year, I know what your earning potential was last year. And I know what your earning potential is this year. And the two are two totally different tax brackets that by the grace of God and the sweat of your brow. So 
Some of us on here have gotten to the point where we want to get financially. Meaning, again, from an intentionality standpoint, this the strategy as associated with Dakota, if I'm gonna be real as real, I was the type of person, it was just identified, and we're gonna dive into it a little bit. I was the type of person that I already knew I needed and wanted coaching because I realized I couldn't do it on my own. But I had to go through any and every act of crawling, grinding, bleeding, you name it, to be able to realize I couldn't do it on my own. I just shared that story. And even then, even after being in a holistic physician's office, she looked me square in my soul and said, you can't will yourself through that. And I said, watch me. And it wasn't six months before my butt was right back in there. So I learned to go looking for a coach out of despair, out of desperation, out of the fact that like, yo, if I could do it myself, I already would have done it. I do not want to give up the financial piece. That was my driver, the financial and my biceps weren't where I wanted to be. Well, I already shared that story. I do not want to give up the financial piece because I believed in my heart of hearts that my relationship with my wife and my kids and with God was strong enough that they would forgive me for trading time for money. And they did. But I didn't want to do that again. So I say that to say, like, a lot of us, I got to believe on here, are reactively maybe looking now for how do I become a better dad? How do I become a better husband? And not lose what I've already earned and established. But I also got to believe there's a whole host, maybe even more, that are saying, yo, I'm not where I want to be financially yet. How do I grow and scale my businesses and do that without becoming what you said you were, Al? Adrenal fatigue, cortisol, angry asshole, never there for your wife or your kids and always acting for reactive. Cue Dakota Innes. I, I say that to say, I know where you were financially and I know where you are financially this year. I know where your family life was last year and I know where your family life is this year. I know where you're going next year based on the vision talk that we've had and literally that you're physically building multi six-figure structure to be able to get yourself in that position to be there. You're not coming at coaching with a position of desperation and despair. I asked you that question without you even knowing why I asked you that and you answered it perfectly. I appreciate that, which is leading us into this follow-up question. How then do you do that? How did you do it? For those of us that are like, yo, Dakota, I'm you. I'm not where I'm at yet financially, bro. And I've got a newborn or a host of newborns and a relatively new wife. Like, what did you do? Where did it start? Yeah, no, that that's a great question. And it, obviously a shameless plug goes to our coaching. And I'll just start with our first phone call. I think that's going to be helpful for a lot of people because I shared where I was last year. Burnout, not spending enough time with my family. Honestly, there was probably some depression in there. You know, if I'm not going to lie, you get to the end and you're like, oh, this is it. This is money. You know, only focused on one pillar. And the first call was so vital no pun intended, because we took my vital signs, right? Uh, we got in and we said, hey, this is where you're at with the five pillars. It's so important. If you're not well balanced in these different areas, 
that's where you have to start. So we started, we broke down my financial pillar. Okay, doing okay financially, finance, mental, emotional, physical. And as we were going through those, I just realized that I was just lacking and I was so focused on financial that I let go of my faith and my physical, mental, and emotional just being. And so from there, realizing where I'm at, that leads you to how to set your vision because before I, my vision was only money. So now knowing that I need to work on a few of these other principles, it allowed me to say, okay, this year in 2021, I'm going to set the foundation, which was the theme of my vision. I'm going to set the foundation for my life, more or less, using some of these principles. So it's, it's basically... My vision was set the foundation. How do I reverse engineer that into a system to be able to achieve that? And so that's when you and I broke down and this is where the vehicle comes in, right? I would say the first set is taking your vital signs. Where are you at right now in all five pillars? And our second call as we dove into the vehicle, okay, this is what I want you to do. As you set your vision, plug that in into this vehicle, which is the four quarter operating system and break it down and show you exactly where you need to be each quarter of this year to achieve that vision. And man, I'm getting a little lost for words here, but this is just where it started. And as I plug that in, just continued to develop and grow. And I can give, oh, to start out with, the four quarter daily structure is obviously a huge part of this, the four quarter operating system. So let's just start with the me time, the time that I never had. And it was the time that This is where I started getting up in the morning. I started doing my devotionals. I started going to the gym. I started eating the right foods. I started the vitamins. And this is all stuff that I will say that that you and I walked through, Al. You know, I would come back and say, hey, what what are you doing for, you know, some of the vitamins and, and things like that? Because I know that you had that bodybuilding background. Because I wanted to be able to sharpen my saw, you know, in the morning. And then going into my end time, right? It was developing a schedule to where this is the time that I can write the quotes. And this is when I learned about shutting off my notifications. And I just focus for four hours. And I just get stuff done. You know, that that was, I was somebody probably in 2020 that would get distracted with Instagram throughout the day. You're checking, you you check your feed or you check your emails and then you get a, you know, 20, 30 minutes done, but you're not as super efficient and effective. And the goal here again is that that quarter four, it's that we time with your family. So when you have that clear vision that, hey, I'm going to be done every single day at 430 so I can spend the rest of the day that last quarter with my family, it just brings so much it's an intense feeling when you're in that end time because you know that you have that time to drive. So drive, you know, so that's when I was getting my quotes done. I was really moving the needle with the commercial business side of things. And then in my on time, this was, you know, this was huge for me because it was that planting the seeds. It was sowing seeds into new prospects and prospecting and being out in the field, you know, so having the ability to, to work through all this, you know, and have the structure, my goal for quarter one was a physical goal, right? Achieved. Goal for a quarter two was family vacation. Achieved. So I'm using that daily structure to achieve these quarterly goals that I had set for myself. And each quarter had a different pillar. And I think one thing, Al, that I learned over time was I didn't have one pillar that necessarily 
took off. I was building on each of the pillars simultaneously. So it, it, they were moving in, they were all congruent, right? I was like, man, Al, looking back, you know, I didn't just gain 30 pounds in the weight room and that was it this year. I grew in my business, my personal business. I grew in my commercial business. I grew with my family in the evenings. You know, I grew spiritually and I grew in my relationships all at the same time, which was just like, that gives you fuel and that gives you energy moving forward because then you're just, now you're on fire because you're well balanced in all those areas and the vision's clear. Very, very, very good, Dakota. Several things that have come to the top of my mind and my heart with that, man. You mentioned congruent and you mentioned your daily four quarter structure and how that, you didn't say this, but I heard you say it should prove to be congruent with your four quarter operating system. So essentially what I'm hearing you say is, is don't focus on the results. Let's not focus on the ultimate vision at the end of the year. Yes, we should have that painted out. We should know exactly what that is. That should be written out and clarified on paper because to your point, once you took the time to walk through the exercise and write it down, you started to have some of those aha moments. You started to negotiate a little bit more and dream a little bit more about, now, wait a minute, I'm already busted my ass. I've proven that I can do that. So it's not an ethics issue. It's not a work ethic issue. It's not a commitment issue. It's something that I can do. I just need to get, make sure that I'm actually applying the amount of force and intensity in the right direction towards the right thing. I mean, I'm ahead. A lot of us, and I'm segueing a little bit here, but a lot of us confuse busy with being effective or efficient. You know, we get into a position where we feel like, oh, I'm doing something because I'm on the go, I'm, I'm having a phone call or I'm emails or whatever, but we get a lot of tasks done. But those tasks don't essentially move the needle. You know, that's where we differentiate the difference between in and on. You know, those tasks that we still have to do, the emails, the administrative work, things of that nature gets done within the on sector. But to your point, giving yourself permission to essentially I mean, what would it be like if you could essentially toe the line on a race and you can go as hard as you possibly want and do that for four hours, as long as you understand that what you're doing is already prescribed for you based on pre-negotiations relative to your vision. So you don't have to wake up. That's exactly where the James Clear Atomic Habits, so for those of you that have ever listened to or read that book by James Clear, if you haven't, I absolutely unequivocally suggest you do that. It is, it is. Varsity, I mean, we'll just say that. But within that, you know, he talks about habit stacking and, and creating triggers or removing triggers. So to that point, you know, that's, that's literally what you did, Dakota, was understand what some of your triggers were. And one of the things that you are ninja level at doing is not having an expectation to come in and niche down on one specific pillar. You know, so I remember very early on, that you turned numbers around very quickly, which is, again, when I go back to earlier, when I say, yo, you reminded me of me, you blah, blah, blah. Again, as a numbers guy, quote unquote, uh, I recognize that. My reticular activating system picked up on that, you know, to the point where you actually made a spreadsheet, it was color coordinated, multiple tabs. You know, some of our clients have actually seen that spreadsheet. That's what we utilize. That came from Dakota. So honor and respect to you. But I say that to say it came from you turning around numbers came from you understanding that if you focused on the execution of the system, the results would yield themselves. So you didn't focus on, am I going to be 
30 pounds heavier in the weight room because that's my goal? Or am I going to hit that $100,000 like you were the year before? I'm not telling you not to focus on it. I'm not telling you not to have sight of it. But what I'm encouraging you to do is to focus on the micro, the little things that's going to help you move the needle. And that's exactly what you and Ninja Level are doing. And for those of you that know, as we continue to scale and grow the full-quarter operating system coaching program, I literally had to bring somebody on to help facilitate that growth by the grace of God. You know, create a system to help facilitate that. And Dakota was the very first guy that I thought about. One, because he knows it, lives it, breathes it. And two, there are clients that want to come in. And it's what we found is twofold. You know, some clients, they come in and we have conversations. It may not, just, it may not be the right fit for us. Dude, you're already ninja level, bro. I'm not going to add any value. Dude, I'm not going to take your money just for the sake of taking your money. Like, we're never going to be those guys. But there are clients that come and maybe after a conversation or two or some discovery collaborative, they start to piece together and they start to realize and take control of what it is that they see in terms of their vision. And what I realized at that point is it really starts to niche down into two specific categories. One, you have that achiever or somebody that is used to achieving in a certain area or realm within their life, and they're not within a certain realm within their life. This is typically most of the clients that I will personally work with because that was personally me. You know, I, I believed that I wasn't going to work on another avenue or pillar in my life until I checked the filler that I wanted. I'm not going to tell you it was financial because my financial filler wasn't the first one that I could control within my control. Physical was that one for me. I thought I had mental and spiritual typed up. So all I needed to do was take care of financial. We should be good. I'm not getting into the weeds of it. I know I'm not talking about another pillar there, but to go back to this point, what Dakota does very, very well is works with clients to rise this rise the tide across the board. Whereas a client would come to me and say, oh, I'm very successful by the grace of God financially, but man, it's similar to your story. It's because I'm working long nights in the office or I'm, I'm in the courtroom or boardroom or in some cases an athlete where they're actually on a field or a court and I don't have time for my kids or I don't have time for my wife. You know, so it's where I will come in and, and peel back a, that belief system and get them to realize that that is in fact a belief system that they've conditioned and then piece together an operating system that is congruent both with where they're at, vitals, and where they want to go, vision. Whereas Dakota will come in and where one thing that you are ninja level at is being able to do exactly what you've done in your own personal life and do you've done it under 11 months. We're not even in the 12th month yet. You know, so there's the learning period, there's the scalability, there's all of that, and now the flow state. You know, so that's why I'm looking forward to exactly where we're going to take this thing and you're going to take this thing when I go to some guy at 22, because now that you fully understand the flow state, dude, it's just maintaining the system, executing that, putting fire on it to, to be able to scale. So that's a perfect answer. One, one of the things that I wanted to hear was be able to say, listen, man, this can at the low end give you bumpers, you know, for those of us in our lives that are, dude, I have so many things to do. I just, I don't even know where to start. Like I just, this, I really don't even know where to start. Okay. We'll create a system. And in that system, let's batch it. Me in on we. Of the things that you have to do, write them all down. Dump that shit out of your head and get it onto paper and write it all down. And once you write it all down, then we can classify. Is this something you even need to do? Or is this just some banter BS that you're making up in the belief system that you need to do and you can task delegate it to somebody else? There's number one, two, and three. 
by the time we peel back that list, we get to the things that are important, i.e. your big rocks. And then we start to piece together the big rocks within your specific pillars. And then we go into the little rocks within your specific pillars. And eventually, by default, we've got a schedule or a system that starts to look like a life you actually designed. And then what happens is, is we start to live this out. So we've got, and again, this is what we do with four quarter operating system. This by no means means this is what you have to do. You can do this on your own. Literally, we've been on, I mean, two and a half hours, probably from my heart, one of the best podcasts that I've ever been on, certainly the one that I've recorded, because I genuinely, from my heart of hearts, believe that there is information in here that I've shared and Dakota shared that can literally change someone's life if they apply it like, like they want to breathe, like you want to be a successful in whatever pillar of your life, financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, whatever it is, you can utilize the system to be able to do that. And again, on the low end, it will give you the bumpers to do that. It will allow you and afford you the ability to understand of the me's, outline three or four things that you want to do for you. It doesn't have to be 34 or 44 things. It can be. If you're really that organized and you're really that aggressive, do it. But if you got a list and you're just so overwhelmed and you don't know where to start, break your day down into those four buckets and give yourself four or five big rocks within each one of those respective buckets. Physical. I want to be able to have abs, 22-inch arms, whatever that may be for you. Then we piece together a structure to be able to yield those respective results to get you ultimately where you want to be, so forth and so on. But at the end of the day, give yourself the bumpers to be able to do that. On the high end, it's boundaries. It's for those folks that are like, yo, I know what I got to do. You just got to get out of the way and let me do it. Like, I'll talk to you when I get done. For those folks that have the guilt of Man, I bet I could push the envelope. We got this dinner at 6.30. I bet I could have this call at 5.30 and then still bust out 15 more emails, take a shower and be on the road by six. For those people, to give yourself the boundaries on the high end to be able to understand exactly what it is that you want to be able to do and give yourself permission to do it again. I'm not saying you can't do it again saying you work within the confines of your respective boundaries. That's what this is for. And it gives you the ability to understand, again, time blocking, bumpers on the low end, boundaries on the high end to be able to understand how hard you want to be able to go. And if you're realizing that your Q2 has 15 big rocks, but your Q4 has one, and you're struggling to get three or four, then it's probably time for you to realize it's good for you to go back and do a vitals assessment on your own because that shows you where your interest lies. And it may be, it, listen guys, it may not be ultimately, you may be in a season. I'm very much in a push season right now where I take the entire schedule that I just shared with you, real talk, for two and a half hours and I throw it out the window and I do something totally different. Now I say totally different. It's based on the parameters of 4Q operating system. I don't get off of that. But what I do is I give myself Friday as a spill day. I give myself the month of December 
as a spill day. So my vision, when I sat down with my personal coach and my personal mentor in November of 2020, and I looked at what do I want my vision to be by the grace of God and the sweat of my brows, I'm raising this glass and I'm cheersing my wife and I'm saying, thank you for being there for me. Thank you for being there with me. Thank you for helping me drive this ship. This is what we were able to accomplish. And part of that is being able to take the month of December off. Dude, what the hell does that even mean? What do you mean take the month of December off? How can you even do that? You just told me that you, you run businesses, multiple businesses and a family by the grace of God. But that's my vision. Why can't I do it? Who are you to tell me I can't? Well, how are you going to do it? Well, I'm not going to start in November and hope that I can figure that stuff out by December. I did start in November of 2020. And I pieced together a structure and a system that worked and I executed it by the grace of God. It wasn't flawless. I wasn't 100% at it, but I showed up just like every single one of us on this are showing up day after day after day. And I bought into it and I believed it and I course corrected it and I sharpened it and I did what I needed to do to get to where I needed to be. And I know that my vision by the grace of God and the sweat of my brow is going to come to fruition. And in part of that, was to be able to be present with my family and my kids during a vacation in the month of December. I have multiple homes, multiple, multiple seven-figure homes by the grace of God that are going to start in the month of December. For anybody that knows anything about construction, that in and of itself is a lot. Well, how the heck are you going to do that and take the entire month of December off? Now, when I say off, let me be clear. It is not my intention to never be on a job site, pick up a phone call, field an email, have any text message correspondence, none of that. Nope, I will still have that. But what I did in the month of August was a push and I switched my hours to give myself Fridays of spill day. I went harder and longer in my Q2 and my Q3 throughout the week to allow for more in and on in my business to make up for the Q3 of my year. So what I just told you was my days were aligned and congruent with my weeks, which were aligned and congruent with my months, which were aligned and congruent with my entire Q3 of 2021, which allowed me to take multiple days of a Friday off during Q3 because I needed to backfill my Q4 that I took away from. Again, I just shared with you, I went longer in Q2 and Q3. I needed to give myself all day Friday for Q4, all day Saturday for Q4, all day Sunday for Q4, with the opportunity that if I did not have something come to fruition, COVID happened, a meeting got changed, whatever, something went awry, I had a time on Friday throughout the day to be able to allocate for those spill. Same logic applies not on a weekly basis, rather on a monthly basis for the month of December. December is my proverbial Friday of the year. So that's how I was able to switch that and be able to do that while running multiple six, multiple seven figure businesses by the grace of God and still lead my family to the extent that I want to. Hear me when I tell you it can be done. This is not proprietary. There's no system that I'm going to put an intellectual property right on. You're not going to be able to learn it. Like I'm literally telling you, this is what I do. It's not rocket science. If you're still listening thus far, which I hope, I hope that you are, I really and truly from my heart know and hope and believe that this will serve you. 
take this information, do your own due diligence, research it, research who James Clear is in Atomic Habits and fact check that. I, I, I don't ever met the dude. So there's nothing in this where I'm going to get a kickback or none of that. This is just me being completely transparent and telling you how I pieced this together. That was a piece of it on how I got there. Research it. Figure out that it's real. Read the book. Learn what it's about. Research Ed Milet, Brennan Bouchard, Bedros Koulian, Craig Ballantyne, on, Steve Weatherford, on and on and on. Guys that are high achievers, ultra-level achievers within their respective fields and see how they did it. Or take my word for it. I'm not even going to charge you. I've literally just told you to do that. This is, this is what, what, in my opinion, from my belief system, what coaching is, being able to serve and help someone. Now, from there, if you want to get into consultation, uh, if you want to get into counsel, if you wanted to get into even executive coaching, that's different. If you want to be able to align with someone where you feel like, be it myself, Dakota, Timmy, Tommy, Tammy, whoever it is that you find in the world, the value add with coaching is simple. Find someone that you believe that you can relate to. And for me, this is no disrespect to any of those that that drive 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, that wear khakis and tuck their shirts in. But I'm the type of dude that if I sat down with someone who drove 10 o'clock, 2 o'clock, khaki wearing, tuck your shirts in, color in between the lines, you're going to think I'm an overaggressive asshole. I'm like, dude, you got to get the hell out of my office just based on the tonality or the cadence in which I speak. I, that was a belief system that I created in my head about every counselor, coach, no demand in the, in the nation until I met mine, until I met the guy that aligned me with me and allowed me by the grace of God to unlock who I really am and take my proverbial mask off and start to lead, drop out of my head and into my heart, stops trading time for money and lead with my heart and allow me and give me the proverbial permission that I wasn't even looking for, but I wanted or needed to be able to allow and give other mission, other men like Dakota to do the same for other men as well. Every single person on here can listen, can do the exact same thing, be it to yourself and lead your legacies, your children and your wives, your husbands, anybody in your inner circle. You can do this with this information or pieces of this information. And if this is something where you feel like, hey, Dude, that sounded really great, but I got a thousand questions. Now, I don't even know how to like dive through that. In the show notes will be my all of my information in terms of all of my social platforms. If you go on Instagram, if you're Instagram, there's a link tree for uh, coaching applications and clarifications. That goes directly to me and Dakota. I see every single one of those. I'm happy to field questions and dive into this on discovery calls for free. I say that recorded, that this is going to go out into the atmosphere for people to see for years and years and years and years and years to come by the grace of God. And I will continue to do that and hop on a 10, 15, 20 minute collaborative call to say, hey, listen, I believe that this is something that can help and serve you. And I believe that myself, Dakota, whoever can help take you from where you're at to where you want to be or not. I'm happy to do that. Our coaching offerings are 30, 90, 180. And for some select few, we have a 365-day executive consultation offering. Randomly, we, we will go and, and touch base with businesses that also want to be able to bring a, and have those conversations. But really, this is based on one-on-one. -on -one. But again, the point is, is not to offer coaching, is not to offer the ability to connect with Dakota or myself or any of that, is to tell you guys, this isn't rocket science. I don't want to marginalize or dismiss this because I've invested a 
great deal of dollars, effort, hours, and resourcing into piecing this all together. I'm constantly in sharpening the saw. But this is something that you can do yourself to owe it to yourself, to your legacies, to your kids, to be able to do that. And go out and mess it up. Like, go out and suck at it. Try it. The worst case scenario, best thing that happens to you is you suck at it. And within a week, you realize or you believe you tell yourself, yo, I'm, this isn't for me or whatever the case may be. I would encourage you to do two things. Number one, text, get into my DMs or Dakota's DMs. Get a hold of one of us. We'll help walk you through it. If anything, not to charge you money and coach you and any of that, but to say, yo, do you really understand what you're doing? Do you have an accurate vitals assessment or are you BSing yourself? Do you understand the vehicle systems and how to be able to take where you want to go or are you not being real with yourself? But at the end of the day, if you try this and it doesn't work for you and it doesn't and then blah, 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 the case may be, whatever it is, the belief system, it will work based on one fact only. You will not have a bad day. Dude, that is a really bold claim, a really bold statement to be able to say on a podcast that I can't, I'm not going to edit this part out. And once it's live, it's live forever. You can't go back unless you take the stuff down. Why do I say that? If you work this system to the extent, extent that you can work this system and break your day down into four quarters, you stop at the end of each quarter, you reassess and reapply. Meaning if you wake up and your Q1 is prescribed for you from 4A to 8A, just like me, based on your own goals and assessments on where you want to be. And for some reason, you didn't go to bed last night. You didn't hear your alarm. You insert excuse here. Didn't wake up till six o'clock. Half of your Q1 is over. There's no way you're going to be able to get that time back. You're not going to be able to time collapse and make that back up. You're going to have to give up something. Weight training, alone time with God, whatever it is. For me, any other day in years past had that happened, I would feel sorry for any person that got in my way for the, for the entirety of the day. For real. I'm not claiming that like it's a badge, like it's like, yo, that's awesome. No, but I would literally give my wife like a heads up. Yo, I'm on the warpath today. That's because of my own. I was disappointed in my own self. Pissed off that I woke up for whatever reason late. And now I have to be able to domino across the board. No, you don't. Your Q1 is a day in and of itself. Whether you hit it at 1% or 100%, it stops at 8A and you start your Q2 all over with a totally different mindset, totally different paradigm shift, totally different way to look at it. And guess what? If you suck at Q2 and mess that up, guess what happens come 12 noon? You get to start over. And guess what happens if you suck at Q3 and mess that up? You get to do an assessment check at 3.59, right before 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock or whatever your Q4 is, and be the absolute best dad, husband, son, father, any person that you can be to show up for your family because you know Regardless of situation or circumstance, you may have shit the bed in every meeting, every phone call, every text message, email, whatever role, responsibility, scope that you were prescribed to do that day, you didn't do it to the ability that you could have. 
doesn't matter because you can't suck as a dad unless you don't show up. I mean, you can if you're doing shit that you shouldn't be doing as a dad, and we can talk about that as well. But for the sake of this conversation and controlling your controllables, when you're present, your kids don't care about how much money you make or what kind of shoes you got on or what kind of house you're wearing, you have, or your car that you have. They care that you're there and ready, willing, and able to play soccer with them and listen to them and, and, and engage in their day. And guess what, guys? If you do that at 50%, you suck at that. You're still 50%, 100% better than the dad that wasn't there the night before. And you get an opportunity to start over and do it again tomorrow. All right, that's my time limit telling me I've been yelling and screaming in you guys' ear for way too long. Obviously, this is something that is passionate, near and dear to my heart, Dakota's as well. Um, Dakota, before we land this plane and hop off, brother, is there anything in closing that you want to be able to share with our audience? Anything on your mind or your heart that you otherwise haven't already? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for asking. Just in closing, you know, the piece that I want to wrap up with, uh, you know, if you heard the beginning of, of what I was talking about and where I was last year, just want to tell you where I'm at today. And, and that is well over the six figure mark this year, working less hours probably than I've ever worked in my life. And I say that strategically because the hours that I'm working are so focused and dedicated. Um, and it's allowed me to spend the most time with my family. And it's just, once you start operating with this within this four quarter system, there's each quarter has its own, its own place. And, and when you miss one of those quarters, you know it, you know what I mean? So it, it, if you miss your me time, you're, you're going to know not to miss it the next day because it's, it's each quarter is so important. And yeah, I just really wanted to nail down that the operating system is just something that I believe that everybody needs to know because it'll get you from where you are now to where you want to go. Man, somebody should write that down. <laughs> That's good, brother. Well, listen, man, I very much appreciate you and your heart. You know that you are ninja level when it comes to this. I love your heart for helping other people. I love the fact that I can count on you and trust you when it comes to an accountability standpoint. And to your point, you know, I know you're not one to, to toot your own horn there, but you know, one of the things that you just said, I think is a, is an ancillary that I often just, I don't say skip over, but just assume that it's a, that everyone knows it. And it's a byproduct, very much a byproduct of the system is a, the ability to get to niche down and get ninja level focused within your Q1. And I know that specifically of you because there have been times when I've reached out to you via text message or even a phone call. Um, Dakota lives in a different part of the country than me, so he's on Pacific time where I'm on Eastern. So most of the time when I'm in my Q3, he's in his Q2. My Q3 affords me the ability to make phone calls, return text messages, emails, again, and so into those relationships. Whereas Dakota is grinding. He's moving the needle. He respects his quarters and operating systems so much that I know that there's been times that, and again, not to be braggadocious, and I say this in context, I believe that 
someone that is equally aligned with Dakota in the four quarter operating system, someone that's a coach, a mentor, and a good friend, I believe that that is weighted in a little bit of influence. I also don't call Dakota 24 hours a day. So when he knows that I call, there's, there's an important reason behind it. So I say that to say, to preface that, that even when I call during his Q2, he is committed to his operating system that I don't get that call received, nor do I expect it. I actually expect him to continue to do that. And that is one thing that you just referenced that you are very, very ninja level with is respecting the, the, the quarters within it or the, the scope within the quarters. Meaning if, when you are dialed in and you are in and you're moving your needles, notifications are off. There is no Instagram. There is none of this. There is none of that. And this is some of the things that, that I talk about personally when I'm working with executives or folks that are bringing us in to talk about sales leadership or their staff or how can they increase ROI within their respective organization without doing anything else. Well, look about what is it, what is it that your staff is doing within that 40 hours? Do you honestly believe that they're working diligently within that 40 hours? Because I'll put Dakota's four up against your 40 right now. Because I know on for four hours, insert mo- Monday morning, Wednesday morning, doesn't matter. I know that all of his life is free and devoid of notifications that he can control. And he's not creating angst or anxiety about, oh, I got to get back to this person, this email, Al called me, I got to get out. No, he's got a system, a structure, and a commitment to back that system and that structure to be able to know that we get back. That's a very, very good point, man, that I wanted to make sure that I, that I, that I touch base on again, because you are very, very tactical and practical about respecting that and doing that. And I see it paying dividends for you. Yeah, no, thank you, Al. I, you know, I think you nailed the head. Obviously, we could keep going on for, for hours and hours. And I think there's a whole nother segment of getting into adjustments, not excuses, you know, but I think the the starting point is, you know, figuring out where you're at now, implementing the four quarter structure and then continuing to sharpen the saw. So I, I appreciate you always. I, I value you as a friend, as a mentor and as a coach. Likewise, brother. Landon Plain, last question for you. If I am a listener and I want to be able to get in touch with Dakota or around you, follow you, how do I do that? Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Instagram. It's probably the best way. Instagram DM. It's just Dakota Ennis underscore. The underscore is because somebody else stole my name, uh, but Dakota Ennis underscore. (laughs) Add the underscore at the end. I like it, dude. Well, listen, brother, again, man, I appreciate you, your time, your heart, your skill set. You're a super dude, man. I appreciate you. For those of us that are still listening at this point in time, I very much appreciate you. And I pray and believe from my heart and soul that there is something that will land with you specifically on this. And if so, very few times do I ask for strategic feedback, but this is going to be one time where if you're listening to this and this has served you or you feel like it'll serve someone within your organization, your family, anyone that you know, encouraging you to send it to them. And also at the same point in time, shoot me a DM, shoot Dakota a DM, Facebook, Instagram, whatever the case may be, and tell me your thoughts. Let me know how it's served you. Because again, one of the things that I pride myself on is sharpening the saw as it relates to execution and not the result. So if there's something that we can do to course correct or uh, alter a quarter or a system or a timeline where it'll help serve the masses or even a different manner in which we can convey or articulate that, which will be better or well-received, absolutely unequivocally want to know about it. So that's stated. I appreciate all of you that have continued for this ride today and looking forward to 
many in the future. And like I said, if this is something that you would just like to dive into, learn a little bit more about, and see how it can apply to you and your life and your organization, kick me a DM, get into my Instagram, check out the link tree. There's, there's coaching applications in there. It'll take you through everything. You have a bit of a wait list going into December, but again, the system will work. It's things that we can do in terms to, to scale and we can have conversations if and when it meets your needs. That stated, let's land the plane. I appreciate everyone. And lastly, and as always, if you found value, which I know and believe that we did, please go ahead, subscribe and like, and leave us that 10-star review. If for some weird reason you cannot figure out how to leave a 10-star review, we'll go ahead and take that five-star as per usual. I appreciate you, fam. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Love you guys. Take care. Thank you for tuning into this episode of The Driven Few with Al Hamid. If you love what you heard, and I know that you did, please follow us on Apple and Spotify and leave us that 10-star review. All right, if you can't find 10, we will gladly accept that five-star review. You can also connect with me, Al Hamid, on both Instagram and Facebook. Al Hamid, H-A, M is in Mary, E is in Edward, D is in Diesel. And as always, don't forget to subscribe and like. <laughs>